Loud is a podcast bringing together the voices of young people in the world to talk about things from wide scale, systemic issues to the things that affect us on a more personal level, giving our own perspectives because most of the time we are only hearing from the older generations. with episode 7 of Loud. Today's episode is going to be a discussion episode, meaning that there won't be as much of me and segment 1, but there'll be a much longer Loud Table segment where we'll have a set theme and just talk for a while about the topic. And today's topic is... Race. In this episode, we'll be talking about what race means to each of us and about attitudes towards students and teachers of colour in schools. But enough from me, please welcome the Loud Table. I'm Darcy. Hi, I'm Lily. Hi, I'm Emma. Hi, I'm Ethan. Hi, I'm Isla. Hi, I'm Jake. Hi, I'm Nikhil. Hi, I'm Socks. And you're listening to The Loud Table. Woo! So, um, as you guys know, we are going to be talking about race. So, my first question to you guys is, in general, what do you think about when you hear the word race? What first comes into your head? When I think of the word race, I normally think of the clear distinction between black and white and people of colour and then people of colour and white people. Like I think of that clear distinction. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think of debates and politics. Can you, can you elaborate on that? I think of debates and politics because of the way that um, the subject of, ra- of race has been politicised in our modern age. It's like when people talk about Black Lives Matter, they talk about it as if it's like politics and not as if like as if they're trying to debate someone's, like, right to be alive. Like, it's kind of... It shouldn't be a a political discussion, but it is. Um, To be honest, when I think about race, I think about my family. Just so the audience knows, can you elaborate why you think of your family? I think of my family because um, I'm brown, and when I think about race, that's what I think of. I don't think of black and white. I think, actually, of brown, which may be a bit of a selfish point of view, but it's just how I think about it. When I think about race... It's more of about how um, we struggle so much to understand like all of these different races and how other races have struggled more than us and about how white people do take white privilege for granted and don't really appreciate other races. That's a good point. I like that one, Darcy. Um, when I think of race, I just think it's like skin, our skin colour, but I also think it's like our cultural backgrounds as well because everyone's like originating from somewhere else but I, I do initially think of like our skin color and everything it's I understandable think... oh can i um it's understandable as to why a person of color would say that they would think of their skin and stuff because white people don't have to think about that because because you know white privilege we don't when we think of race we think of it as in kind of a, well, I don't need to talk about this kind of thing because it's like, it doesn't impact us. I do find it a bit interesting because, like, stuff is value. I agree with what Elise was saying. When we think about race, race in general, someone says, like, what race are you? They're asking about your skin colour. They're not um, necessarily talking about something political, just race. What's interesting to see, because um, I'm black, Elise is black, Nikhil is brown, we're the only ethnic minorities here, it's interesting to see we look at it immediately as skin colour because that's what it is. But um, everyone else here who is white is having a more like in-depth um, opinion on, on it. I think there's a clear... Like, I know Elise was saying that she thinks about like her cultures of... I think there's a clear difference between race and ethnicity. Race is like the colour of your skin, but ethnicity is like your culture. And I think there's like a clear difference between that, like, people aren't necessarily discriminated on grounds of their ethnicity, although they might be sometimes. But I think it's more on the colour of your skin you're discriminated on. I don't know, that's just me. I get what you were saying about that, but I thought that race was, like, Asian, and then ethnicity is, like, oh, I'm Japanese. Yeah, that's what I mean. Ethnicity is the colour of your skin. No, race is the colour of your skin. Ethnicity is, like, your culture. And 
I thought that obviously like race was the kind of I thought um ethnicity was like your culture and your religion and that sort of stuff that maybe goes with your race but I might be wrong when talking about like the difference in race and ethnicity obviously I'm not black everyone I'm white for the podcast but I'm sorry (laughs) um basically a lot in especially I don't want to talk over because we have an African-American, you know, in the chat at the moment. Basically, in... Sorry, who's African-American? I thought your cousin is. What? She's American. Where's my cousin? (laughs) Did you know your cousin? You said your cousin was coming on. Guys, I'm severely sorry. I said I asked my cousin. I'm so sorry. At least least it's my family. (laughs) We're friends. (laughs) Our families are friends. Well, basically, when you talk about um, the difference between ethnicity and race in like I've heard from black people in America say that it's kind of hard to differentiate from that from because of you know the slave trade and everything where they had their uh, their culture ripped from them because of the slave trade and so they see their they say I don't want to speak for them um many black people in America like say that they feel united as one culture kind of but I don't want to speak for it, but I've heard a lot about that because of the slave trade and stuff. You see, that's interesting because as a Black British person, I get what you're saying. And I understand that African Americans would have been, most of them might have been taken directly to America from Africa. But you also have to remember as well with the um, with the diaspora, not everyone who is in America is African American. And also not everyone outside of America wasn't affected by the slave trade. Personally, I'm not sure about Elise, but my family are from Guyana. My family, my heritage would be Guyanese because of the slave trade. So as a black British person, I would also relate to African-Americans in the sense, like what you're saying. That's I think that's why Elise also said that when we think about race, we also think about culture because within our race is our culture. Just because we're not in America at the moment doesn't mean that we aren't also descendants of people who were in the slave trade. I think I worded it that, that way um, simply because I hear a lot of American black people talking about it. I, I hardly ever hear um, like British black people talk about like their relationship with race and culture and stuff like that. So, you know, this podcast is kind of great. Why do you think that you don't hear many black British people talking about their experiences? Um, well... I hear some because of Aaliyah, you know, but um, on the internet, I seem to, it seems to be focused on American people, at least the media that I consume, that it's mainly to do with um, America and not other countries and stuff, which is why I haven't really heard of British Black experiences. I was going to say, because obviously when you were speaking about that, I was like, well, you're not speaking about like British, African you were talking about that, the American African, I was that, yeah. Yeah, I think we definitely... I don't understand. Um, can you elaborate more on your point, please? I was just, because obviously when you brought up your point, I was wondering why you were talking, like, about the African American and not the British, don't say British American, um, <laughs> British African, because... I forgot my point. What was I speaking about? Sorry, hold on. Give me a second. My brain's just... You, you know like, you can say black people. You just say black no, people. No, I was trying to know because I was... Black British. Talking, that's it. Okay. Um, you were talking about like the African, the uh, the American, and I was wondering why you were speaking about the American and not the British. That was my. I th- I think one of the reasons why we hear more about um African American than Black British people is because I'm not gonna I'm not saying the UK's innocent. It's definitely not. We there's definitely racism over here, but compared to America, I think there's less racism here than America. I could be completely wrong because I don't have those experiences. I think that's probably why you hear about more black voices in America than in the UK. But again, I I could be completely wrong, but I think that's probably why, because they um, have to speak up more. I think the reason you think that is because of what's happened recently. Do you know what I mean? Like, not like with like Trump and obviously um, George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests. Obviously, they were over here, but they weren't as, not as big, but the media definitely covered them a lot more in America, which is why I think you think that is because of what very recently has happened. That's why you think it's much worse in America when actually it is quite equal. It just happens to be that the media has done it more in America and focused more on America than Britain. It's also a lot 
I'm not going to say a lot subtler, but it is more subtle in England because police don't really have the room to do what they do in America with shooting people down in the streets. So when you hear about racism in England, it's more it's more institutionalized rather than actually acted upon in like field and that. So it's more in the actual system rather than being put out onto the streets in England, which is why you don't hear about it, which is a problem. Like, this is what my EPQ is on, which I have not done. But, yeah, it's a really big problem that needs to be addressed because so many black people get put into prison for absolutely no reason, and you don't talk about it, and we don't talk about it in England. I am in England um and when you see things like in America with all the protests and that you start to think oh well the England isn't that bad but then if you actually read cases then you realize no no we're bad we're we're really bad we we should stop going again off of like the difference between like black Americans and black British here, like from our experience or at least mine, I know barely any people of a different race than white because there were like two different colored people in our entire year six. And then there was like three, maybe four in my year in secondary. So I think it's the whole, the restriction of all of these different cultures in all aspects of like areas is crazy because most of the time, like I don't, but I might subconsciously because we're brought up in this system where when most people think of black people, they sometimes try and associate that with like bad things. And from the way it's portrayed in the media where everything is so produced by white people. So people of color mainly found like, comfort with other people who have the same experiences as them and they can understand like the different things that they go through. I also just want to quickly bring up um, I think another reason as to why especially you know in Britain we don't learn we think racism is like in quotes like better as in it's less than in America is because in our school system we don't learn anything about British um, racism or stuff that Britain has done, um, unless it's about, uh, like, for example, we're learning about the Spanish and what they did to the indigenous, 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 the native people of America. Um, but we, I, in my personal experience, I've never learned anything about what Britain has done to um, people of color and black people or the slave trade or anything. I believe we spoke about it once within um, music class, but that was for us to perform music of different cultures, but no history was learned from it. Building on what Darcy said about everything being like overproduced by white people, I promise I'm not trying to plug like movies from these directors, but there are so many like Asian directors that have made such beautiful movies that are so moving that are just pushed to the side because we're such an effort we have such an eth- oh my god I can't remember the word but it's ethnocentric uh society and also a lot in psychology like when um experiments and that were done it's ve- it's all it was almost always focused on having white men there there were never any people of color so there it's just it's not applicable to like real world events because you don't have any people of colour in there, so you don't have their experiences with it, so you can't really generalise it to the general public. And um, what Jake said about learning about um, other cultures, yeah, he's right. We learn about what they did to the Spanish, and we, we barely touched on the atrocities of the slave trade when we learned about it. You might not have learned about it in your school, Jake, but we learned about it in either Year 7 or 8 at, um our school and 
like it was just like here is the triangle of where they were taken they were taken from africa then to the caribbean islands then to england cotton wow tobacco wow sugar wow nothing about the atrocities just that yeah i want to address something uh, not quite that but it was earlier someone said something about subconscious um, and I think I can only speak from my point of view. So the two types of racism I've seen and maybe experienced sometimes um, are unconscious and subconscious. Um, unconscious is like how I see it is when you have prejudice, but you don't realize it. And in your conscious mind, you'll be like, no, I can't have prejudice because everyone is equal. I, I believe in equal rights and everything. But and the other one is, um, is, I don't actually want to say subconscious anymore because it's not always subconscious it's a lot it's includes slurs and it's a lot in our age um it's mobs not mobs i don't want to say mob it's groups and it's like degrading people and it's like it's using like i said slurs um stereotypes of a race obviously i said i can only speak from my point of view so i can only speak from my point of view as a brown person i've experienced slurs it's so cool it's not cool but i'm cool with it um and I just thought that was an important point to raise because I've not seen um, any physical racism, like violent racism, even though it may exist in Britain. Um, I've just seen what I've seen in schools, groups, subconscious stereotypes, foods that I might eat, other people might eat, um, things like that. I know I ask everybody about, you know, what, what, why you think there's such differences in Britain, especially with people of colour having their voice heard. And I know that the rest of you said quite a lot, but I actually want to specifically as well ask Nikhil and Elise what your opinions are on why we might not be heard as much in this country. Um, I feel like the media doesn't focus necessarily on like racism and people of colour. I feel like they, when it was the George Floyd movement, that was the one time that you genuinely hear in the media, like they're talking about Black Lives Matter. But I feel like America, like as that state, I feel like they all, racism is a big thing over there and they know how to focus on it. And because their media isn't just like focused on one thing, it's all, all around. When the um, Black Lives Matter movement happened or when people do experience racism over there, you hear about it a lot more than you would in England. I thought a lot of people in England could experience racism or just like comments that could be taken offensively as well, but it's kind of brushed to the side. And I, I, the American media do, what's the words? They focus on it a lot more than the British media would. I agree with that. I think that a lot of the time people want to be like, I think part of the reason why that happens, sorry, is that people were saying like, oh yeah, well, England, at the end of the day, it's not as bad as America. But I think that British people in general of all colours like to like, uh, less with people of colour because I think we're living in it, we sort of understand, but we want to like retract from it. And it's like, okay, well, it might be bad, but at least it's systemic. At least it's like not like, you know, people aren't necessarily dying every day because of it. But at the same time, I think that, you know, that comparison with America and always like comparing ourselves with at least we're not as bad as America is really, really toxic and more damaging than actually good. People are like uh, how people say, like I've seen people say on the Internet how racism is systemic in America, but not in Britain. But if you think about it, it, it kind of is. The, and uh, and it, people will say in America that oh, black people die in America because of the government. And they're like, and that doesn't happen in the UK. But like it does just in a more subtle way, if you think of it. If you think about benefits and like stuff like that, worse treatment is given to people of colour in Britain when they try and apply for stuff or try and get help, especially with mental health. And even if it isn't systemic, that Britain is killing people of colour by not giving them the resources they need, such as mental health resources. I heard somewhere that like black people are just pushed to the side more in mental health um, systems and stuff. And many end up like trigger warning, taking their own lives, which is may not be a 
direct result of the government, but it is a consequence of them not caring about people of colour enough. Now, I did want to say something briefly. Um, I, like I keep saying, I can only speak from my point of view. Um, I was thinking about, I was going to talk about race and racism and what racism, how it links to race. And I was like, okay, what, but what does race actually mean? Is it the colour of your skin? Is it the, your religion? Because I was thinking, I was thinking how Muslim people, I'm not Muslim, but I'm Hindu, so close enough. But Muslim people especially have so much oppression, um, subconscious and in a banter way, with their link to terrorism. And I think that's a big thing to bring up because not obviously this is obvious. Not every Muslim is a terrorist. There's a very small minority, and they're dis they're almost disowned by other Muslims, normal Muslims. Um, and many Muslims can be shouted at with slurs linking to terrorism stuff and um it's it's a form of bullying like our last episode talked about and so um sorry to cut in but that reminds me in school literally you know just at break time i remember someone specifically saying that all muslims should be kept out of the country until you know whether they're a terrorist or not and I don't understand how that sort of like mindset is allowed to like fester and just grow within our society. At least I know you wanted to say something to that. Like, I, I, I think, I just, yeah. Oh yeah. I think there's a lot of stereotypes. I like in the summer, I did a thing on like racism and stuff. And there's a lot of stereotypes like black, all black people carry a gun or all black people are in gangs or whatever. And then there's like brown people, Asian people are in, um, they're terrorists. And I think it's it's a it's a, st- a stereotype that you can't necessarily get rid of because everyone's opinionated, but it's, I, was t- I can't explain it. It's just, it's a stereotype that shouldn't necessarily, we shouldn't experience as, I think as children, someone said to me the other day when I was in school, um, is your brother in a gang? Cause he's black. And I said to them, what kind of que- like why would you ask me that question just because of my skin color do you know what i mean like i wouldn't go up to you and be like necessarily to nikhil i wouldn't go oh do you have a sibling who's a terrorist or whatever like it's a stereotype that we cannot get rid of but it's definitely out there especially in our society today just wondering um the school you go to at the moment is it predominantly white yeah it's there's a rare like there's like five black people in my year and then a couple brown people but it's majority white yeah yeah I think that negatively impacts us as well like oh Adrian's just joined by the way um if you're listening but yeah um I I think I touched on this before but I can't remember exactly but I'll say it again um these sort of unconscious things they they tend to eat away at us and and in reality, our performance at school, and when I say, oh, I'm talking about people of colour, our performance at school decreases and, you know, our mental health decreases and all of that stuff because we're constantly in this state of fear about knowing there's negative stereotypes around. And when we start enforcing positive stereotypes, so showing more black men and black women who are, and I say black in like meaning people of color, sorry. But when we show more people just being normal, being good and and paint them in the same way that we paint white people in society, um, then we tend to do better generally as a race. I think it benefits all people. Hey guys, it's me. I hope you're enjoying the discussion. We're going to cut to a break for a second and I'll play a musical interval sung by at Danny underscore musical. After the break, we'll be talking about the treatment of students and teachers of colour within schools. So stay tuned. Um, I just wanted to say that it's horrific um, that black people and people of colour in general can't do, like, normal, in quotations, things, which I guess are just normal, such as walking down the street. Um, And from a a white person's perspective, when I was in Year 7, I I was at a different school then, which I am now, 
and there I was in a class and this black girl it matters um she took out a a, a plastic knife um and for some reason, in response to that, um, teachers came in and um, uh, made her go into isolation for around a week um, for holding a, for taking out a plastic knife out of her bag and just putting it down on the desk, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember exactly, but she wasn't threatening anyone. She wasn't anything like harmful. She just had a plastic knife in her bag and she got punished because of that. Whereas I've had worse things in my bag. I've had, a, not to sound weird, I've had a real knife in my bag, but like just an eating one for sometimes when you want to eat. But I would never think of it as, I would never hesitate to put that in my bag. I would be like, yeah, I'm just going to use it to eat when I go out or something. Uh, but to to hear that people of colour have to hesitate to put normal eating utensils or something in their bag is horrific to me. And I'm privileged to, to, to only just now understand that fully, that, that people of colour are kind of just constantly in fear. Black and brown people, especially in this country, get punished in school for a, a lot worse than our white counterparts do. And say one of you guys get in trouble in class or something, you might get told off, you might get things. But in general, and the statistics show this, I mean, if you go on Google and you, um, and you look it up and stuff, you'll see that the rates of expulsion, rates of suspension and stuff, there are higher punishments, sorry, for less serious problems in school for ethnic minority children. And that's something that we shouldn't have to live with. And I want to go back again and talk to Adrian and Elise and Nikhil and have our opinions on that. And then I think you guys can chip in. I do value your, your contributions, by the way. I think this has been a good discussion, I think. But I also want to make sure that we have our chance to say exactly what we need to say. Well, I've, um, I've personally... I've been punished a few times. I can't really think of a time where I've done something that if a white person did they wouldn't also be told off i i'm a pretty good kid to be honest but um i've seen a lot of white kids do things especially in primary school um and talk back so badly to a teacher and didn't get the punishment they deserve i didn't then see for example a, a person of color do the same thing and then get a punishment but i know there's many times where people aren't being punished properly. And I don't know if that's to do with race or to do with the teacher, um, but I personally haven't experienced it. I think I'm quite lucky um, because I feel like the schools I've been to haven't been, um, they haven't, the teachers haven't been too prejudiced. There hasn't been any discrimination going on, but I think other people might have more to add than me. Wait, my mum has an, like an opinion to share with you. Sorry, I'm not getting involved in your discussion. I was just reminding Elise also that um, it can depend where the teacher has come from as well. If a teacher has come into training and they've never had an experience of a mixed community or diverse community, and they already have unconscious bias, which is a mindset from what they're seeing maybe from the media or in the press, that can follow them into the teaching environment. And so if they have a concept that all Asian children are difficult to manage or all black boys are unruly or, you know, even what the media portrays are some young British girls, it can have an effect on how they actually interact with children in the classroom. And I remember a child in the school where my son went, a lot of the children of colour were sent for mentoring by a teacher who had never worked in an inner city school that's anywhere in the country. And so because of her bias, those children were affected. And if somebody didn't spot that, those children would have continued in their education as being um, marginalised and discriminated against and labelled as difficult, some perhaps even sent to PRU, the Pupil Referral Unit. So it really does depend on where the training is and that unconscious bias is dealt with as soon as it's recognised, and that's even by the individual. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. It actually reminds me of um, an article I read a few years ago about teachers who um, 
I think they were testing to see like their unconscious biases about students. And a lot of the teachers were pointing out, they had, they had to point out who the problem students might be. And they were singling out all the ethnic minority children within that study because it was in their opinion, you know, they see a black child and they immediately assume that they're going to be aggressive, they're going to be misbehaved, and they're not going to be smart or know what they're doing. And coming in with that type of stereotype is, is incredibly harmful, especially it puts a lot of pressure on the children themselves. Um, personally, I don't know if any of you experienced this, but personally, it's like you have to be on your best behavior at all points in time, even just doing regular things, because there's always the worry that the teacher's just going to single you out. For example, I have a friend who... Um, and we were in a French class and she sighed a bit too loudly and she got sent out and the teacher started screaming at her for sighing. And mm. yeah, it's, it, I think it's a massive problem. And that goes yeah. into what teachers learn during their training. Um, I have something to say. It's not, I can't really add much to that conversation, but I have, um, when Lisa's mum was talking about teachers, it jogged my memory about teachers who come in, normally supply teachers, but a lot of the time, you have teachers who have like an accent or teachers who have different not white, non-white skin color and it's become normalized to make fun and mock the accents um to mock not just it's not they don't ever mock the skin color because obviously especially in this country it's a lot subconscious but um like a, a black teacher or a teacher with an indian accent supply will come in and they'll be talking they'll be trying to communicate with the class but they can't because the class is laughing at them and they continue so the teacher can't say anything language teachers french accent um a lot of the time made fun of i've seen that my brother's class they all wrote they had a new french teacher this year and she had a strong french accent and i think it um it's a privilege to be able to be taught by someone who's french and understands english because you're being taught by a French person how to speak French. Like, how much better can it get? And they just, because just because of her accent, she wasn't a bad teacher, she was really nice, I'd met her. And they wrote a letter to the head of year and the head of the school to get her fired. And she left a couple months ago. I think she, I don't think she was fired. I think she left because she wasn't getting treatment nicely at all. And actually, the heads that the letters were written to, they didn't fire her, but they didn't tell the children, no, She's a good teacher. You're doing this for no reason at all, and you need to stop it. And I think that's a big reason why she left. I know this is about race, but I f and but I feel like this is still related to race because it's a different accent. So that's what I want to cover, to be honest, the normalization of teachers being made fun of because of the skin color or the accent. Um, and especially the accents like the um, Asian accent, so a Chinese-Japanese accent. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely. Indian accent. Um the a lot of there's lots of different accents from black people um you have I, I don't want to offend anyone you have a caribbean accent but then you have there's accents all around and people just it's normalized to make fun of it and so people do accents and it's all right but it's when it becomes mocking that it becomes disrespectful and racist going to school in london from nursery to year 10 i didn't know how bad racism was in England. I didn't experience that much racism. In primary school, we all hated each other. Everyone hated everyone. It wasn't down to anything, just everyone hated everyone. Um, in year seven, the maybe it was the fact that the school that I was in was in southeast London in the middle of four different areas that were really multicultural. I didn't experience as much um what was interesting is i experienced more than you would expect from a school where the head teacher was black um and it was when it but, but when you when there was racism it wasn't as overt apart from one teacher who was racist to absolutely everyone and i didn't understand that one but um when i moved it was a shock it was like the the, the amount of racism i the amount of racism i i experienced was when I lived in London that was that was America to me I the amount of racism I experienced was this similar Ameri similar racism to what's depicted on TV as being the deep South America and may maybe this might be me blowing it out of proportion but the amount that I saw 
the amount that I experienced was so much more than in London. It was like I, I was called a monkey on my first, on my second day of school. There was two particular people who seemed to be able to say what they want to whoever and get away with it because the school's response was, well, they've got black friends, um, so they're not racist. And I think the fact that they were able to say what they wanted and just completely get away with it, it kind of blew my mind. It, it was... I didn't realize there could be an educate. There, there could, I didn't realize there could be a system that was so na- naive that it was just looked over. But that that's the difference, really, between schools in London, where if you're racist, you kind of have to not say anything because you end up getting beaten up, and Kent, where it's it's a predominantly white area. Definitely, with schools, it's like. If you've done sociology, you'll know about the labelling theory and about self-fulfilling prophecies. And I think when teachers come in with that whole mentality of, like, black students, they're going to be, like, naughtier than white ones or I'm going to have to keep an eye on them more, it will then, like, give them that mentality of, oh, I'm going to be the naughty kid. And then if you keep looking at it... um, in that way and treating them like they've done something wrong even if they haven't then they're just going to be like well I'm getting these punishments anyway I might as well act bad and I think that's just so unfair to them because in a way teachers can sometimes like damage their education just because of their own like bias um, I'd have to agree with that in to an extent. It, I think it just depends on the person. I've definitely seen um, instances where basically, yeah, well, you're going to get in trouble anyway. So at some point you just stop caring. But then there's the other half of it. You know that education is sort of like the gateway to life. You know about this. Um, well, some people know about if you I recommend reading up about the school to prison pipeline and how after we get punished harshly, the chances of us ending up later down the line in prison or something like that is a lot higher. I've read a book called Slay in Your Lane and it's um, they've called it the Black Girls Bible. And it kind of is because it's talking about like being black in Britain and I think it goes it goes over basically for any ethnic minority in Britain, but we have to work twice as hard to get half as good. And if you talk to any of my relatives, any black person I know, they sort of just know this already. You're like, yeah, work, we, we just have to work twice as hard. And it's something that we already know, sort of like an unwritten rule that we already followed. Another thing I wanted to say about on the teacher front, what I noticed all the time, but I'm not sure that any other classmates noticed, but... Um, the amount of ethnic minority teachers in the UK, we noticed them. But the reason, the, the reason why in the school I went to, there weren't many black or brown teachers at all is because, yes, they were bullied immediately. And even, yeah, teachers from other countries, French, German, if they had an accent, people mocked them. And the teacher ended up leaving because they're trying their best, but everyone kind of hates them. And I noticed that there was an... I'm going back to unconscious bias here, but there was this sort of unconscious immediately. You come into a classroom and there's a black teacher and you're like, oh, we've got a new teacher. And I'm like, oh no, it's going to happen again. And most often it does. It starts off the first day, first lesson might be kind of okay. And then from then onwards, it's a downward spiral. Everyone's talking more. Everyone's just, you know, sorry, there's something pop. I guess I'll just talk. Um, I was going to say in primary school, we had a... um, we had the predominantly white teachers and when we had a substitute teacher once who I think was a Caribbean well, from the Caribbean um, and she was black and I have this distinct picture in my head of everyone just shouting over her and no, no one was listening to her. Um, I was a quiet kid, so I was just sitting there watching everyone and I could just see her on her desk with her hands on her head, just like hunched over because she was so fed up with the class not taking her seriously and they only um the class only uh shut up basically as soon as a white male teacher came in and told everyone to be quiet and that it's disrespectful to talk over a teacher and I don't we never had her again as a teacher I don't know if she left the school but I can't remember seeing her again after that incident 
Yeah, um, it's funny because I have the basic, the the exact same memory. And that's what happens a lot of the time. In the chat, you guys were talking about the French teacher. Or, no, she was a German teacher we had one time. She was black. And yeah, she had her own issues. But what I will say is that from the from the day she started, no one made it easy for her. And yes, she had some views that we shouldn't really agree with. But at the same time, you know, people were disrespectful. People were rude. And I believe that it's people's unconscious racism coming out again, unconscious bias, because they wouldn't behave the same way if it was a white teacher. And there's evidence of that because the minute a white teacher walks in, then everyone's, you know, on their best behavior. But it's like this sort of unconscious oh, well, why do I need to pay attention to this teacher? And then the teacher gets frustrated and then ends up taking that frustration out on the class. And then the class now have a reason to turn around and say, look at this horrible teacher, look what she's doing to us. And then they end up getting kicked out of the school or they end up just leaving anyway because it's not a good environment for them to work in at all. Building on what you said about like that same teacher, people were mean to her before they knew what her views were. So there definitely is the element of unconscious bias. And what you were saying about, um, sorry, I'm peeling an onion, about um, when a white teacher walks in, when our French teacher would walk in, everyone would suddenly be like, oh my God, look, are we going to be so nice now? Because he's here, he's going to save us, you know? It was very much a saviour complex for white teachers, you know? Like, he would come in, like, even he would, like, be mean about her. Like, in my French lessons, um, people would be like, we, in my class, we had, like, quite a lot of, like, you know, the, the, the popular type girls who would, like, be loud for the sake of being loud. Her, loud. Um, but, yeah, um, they would just be unnecessarily rude to her, like, yeah, you know, we didn't really like her because like, of when we found out her views. But when she just started, you know, she, you know, like I think we said, you know, she did have an accent and people like at the back of the class, um, they would just be like laughing. They wouldn't be doing their work. And, you know, I'm guilty of that myself. You know, I, I never knew that people were being racist to her, but I definitely did... Um, not do my work because I didn't like her. I, and that could have been um, an unconscious bias that I had towards her because I, I, whenever I was in her class, I would never focus. I would be like, yeah, yeah, she wants us to do this. She wants us to do that. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. I think as well, and when you think about, sorry to cut you off, but like as well, when you think about you didn't like her, but on like you know the first few lessons what was the reason why you didn't like her did you have an actual reason or was it just because that sort of vibe was there i just there was this like vibe in the classroom you know like when there's like this like hush hush thing in the classroom where like everyone's like in on it when the like popular group started doing it a lot of other people started doing it as well that usually wouldn't be like that. You know, like, there were very quiet people in my class. Um, and even they would start to be like, oh, yeah, like, wh why are we listening to her? Like, she clearly, like, doesn't care in that. She's, like, so mean to us. And um, this is something um, that when, like, you look back on it, you're like, oh, that's definitely, like, an unconscious bias thing. Um maybe even just like a straight up racist thing um the stereotype that black women are aggressive when um the teacher would get frustrated with the class and then she would shout at the class people would come out of the lesson being like oh my gosh she's so aggressive why does she have to be like that so there's definitely like, there definitely was a thing of it and um, i don't know if they realized they were doing it because you know some, but to be fair, some of the same girls still have the same views now. So maybe they did know. So yeah, there's definitely a savior complex for white male teachers to swoop in and save the class, I feel. Um, I wanted to add on to like the teachers. So in, I think it was like year 10, I had a form tutor and he had like a very heavy accent. He was also my physics teacher. And there was a point that we noticed that he 
was like never left in the room alone with us and it was like we always had another form tutor because and we asked like one day and it was like he wasn't physically allowed to be left alone with us because like we noticed this in physics class like everyone was mean to him like there was a lot of yelling running about like just leaving the classroom that sort of thing like he just physically couldn't be left on his own and then like he didn't even last six months (laughs) and we just we'd always have like two or three form tutors at a time that sort of thing sorry i remember that teacher that you're talking about and just saying that there was blatant obvious racism it wasn't even covert with him because he was an asian man he had a heavy accent and people literally called him the c word in class and you know whether it was inside of the class like outside of class they were just saying it and without even second guessing like without any other thought they were just calling him racist names and mocking his accent within the lessons and then wondering, yes, his accent was slightly difficult to understand, but if everyone was quiet and, you know, tried to, you know, let him speak, then, you know, he was saying things that made sense. But yeah, people just immediately was like, let's mock his accent and then mock his, who he is as a person, where he's from, and then wonder why he can't teach and then wonder why, you know, every lesson he's frustrated. And he was actually... Oh, and that's okay um yeah and like he would like end up yelling every lesson and like because it was like even from the first lesson people were always constantly talking over him like he he wasn't overly a good teacher like he'd be a good lecturer don't get me wrong because he can he knows his stuff but I don't think it was the right environment for him and then like people speaking over him constantly being rude calling him names that definitely didn't help the situation also, I just wanted to say, I just remembered as well, he was actually trying to learn English. You know, he was sitting yeah, he with was. I remember. Um, yeah. My other form tutor, um, he, like, he mentioned it to us as well. Like, he was with one of the other physics teachers up in S8 or something every lunchtime trying to get better at it. And it was like, I thought that was, like, really sweet that he was trying. But it didn't seem to help the situation. Like, nobody was going to listen sort of thing. I just think it's, like like so mean that he's like not mean that he's trying like you'll get why i say it's mean like he's doing his absolute best to provide for his students and his students aren't giving him the same energy back and also we had a science teacher who was white who was old and he was a literal pedophile and nothing was done he wasn't, bull- well, he was bullied, but not to the extent that this Asian teacher was. People were like, oh, my God, he's a pedophile. Like, I, I, I was on the receiving end of some of this pedo teacher's advances, you know? He would always come over to my table and nothing was said about him as bad as... Um, oh, God, I was about to say his name. As um, this Asian teacher. And I just think that it's just... Such a toxic environment, especially at our school. Like, let's be honest, because like he wasn't my teacher. I had a I had a different teacher, and they. We also we also have another teacher who people would make fun of, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, I think he's Jewish," just based on the way that he looked. Like, you can have like curly dark hair and not be Jewish, you know. People will just automatically assume things about this teacher and be like, oh, yeah, he's Jewish. Mm. <laughs> We're so funny. <laughs> or like, yeah, and they would have the exact same reaction with what they were saying about the Asian teacher. Like, <laughs> C word. <laughs> We're so funny. <laughs> like, racism isn't funny. Um, we also had a different science teacher for our school career, and he was American. And, no, he was Canadian. He was Canadian and he had an accent. But he was white and no one made fun of his accent once. But as soon as the the Asian teacher came after him or before him, I can't remember, uh, because we had so many teachers before we bullied so many of them out. So I can't remember. But um, they, 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 they... they didn't believe this white teacher with an accent out of the class. I think they he, thought he was sexy. They thought he was sexy because of his accent. Everyone would be there like, 
Oh my god, he's so hot. <laughs> Moaning. Oh my god, I, 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 I want to be in his class so I can listen to his accent, you know? It's just <laughs> Canada. Mm. It, was a bit, it was a bit of a cringe moment, in my opinion. Um, but Just hold on a minute. Can we just go back to Ethan there, please? <laughs> like... <laughs> That's like that's like my I'm making one of you boys. I'm gonna make it obvious. Okay, sorry, Jake. So it it is very much to do with racism because I know some people, um, not personally, but I know people would be like, well, no, it isn't because of the race of them. It's just because he like was different. Why do you think he was different, babe? His skin and his accent was a bit more hard to understand. It was less to the Western standards of English. And so people bullied that teacher. And my other point is, I think it also has a lot to do with uh, colorism as well, because I feel, in my personal opinion, I thought is because the Asian teacher we had was more dark skinned. And I believe if he was um, more light skinned, he would have been treated better than what he was treated but he would have obviously still faced the racism but i do feel like it's to do with colorism as well and that's it for today if you like this episode and want to hear more we will be having more discussions like this in future not only about race but other topics as well to make sure you know whenever i'm uploading a new episode make sure not only to hit the follow button on whatever platform you're listening on but also head on over to the social media accounts in the description to find more content and behind the scenes stuff for you to enjoy between episodes. Also, my mum and I both successfully finished running 50 kilometers over 10 days for Macmillan Cancer Support. So if you want to directly support people affected by cancer and also see our progress, make sure to check out www.loudpodcast.podbean.com to find the link to our Just Giving page. But it's been your girl, Ali A. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will see all of you in the next episode. Bye. 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 I stabbed myself three times today on this call. That's <laughs> just so I can talk to y'all.